1: Hello there friends and welcome on into episode 4 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great people at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, happy to be with you on today, Saturday, October 5th. we you get another weekend of football awaits us. Now each Saturday, we will bring you Radio Rewind, which is the best of what the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network had to offer over the course of the past week from all of our shows, from the flagship Pat's Pulpit Podcast with Rich Hill and Alex Shane, to Patriot Nation from Pat Lane and Ryan Spagnoli, from our instant reaction shows that have been coming out after each Patriots game, and yes, the SCO show with yours truly. Also, this show will give us a chance to get you caught up with any last-minute news before the weekend gets rolling, and also cover some college games and even players to scout that should be on your radar if you're looking for something to do with your Saturday. Also, as you heard, we've got some great music to get you in and out of these shows. That is Hope from of Music, and you can check them out at headamusic.com. Don't forget, these are just snippets, just a taste of the shows you will hear every day on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And you can get these by subscribing to Pat's Pulpit via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Don't forget to leave reviews for us as well. Five stars, always appreciated. Let's get into the injury news as the Patriots Head south just a little bit down the old I-95 corridor, down to my neck of the woods, believe it or not, to take on the Washington Redskins. And the team's released their final sort of injury reports late Friday afternoon. We have some players out for Washington. No players listed as out for the Patriots. For the Redskins, however... Tight ends, Verdon Davis and Jordan Reed, both out with concussions. Guard Brandon Sheriff is out with an ankle injury. And linebacker Josh Harvey Clements is out with a hamstring. That means you're seeing a lot of Jeremy Sprinkle out of Arkansas at the tight end position for Washington. Sprinkle's a guy I kind of liked when I was studying Brandon Allen, believe it or not. Actually, it was Austin Allen. It was one of the Allen brothers playing quarterback for the Razorbacks. The only other designation used by either team is the questionable designation for New England. Rex Burkhead with his foot injury. Julian Edelman with his ongoing chest injury. Dante Hightower in that shoulder injury. Patrick Chun with a heel injury. And Nate Ebner, the special teams ace, with a groin injury. For Washington, Case Keenum. We'll get to him in a second. But he's questionable with a foot. Terry McLaurin, I talked about him this week. He's questionable with a hamstring. He was out last week for Washington. Chase Rullier, knee injury. And Josh Norman, knee injury. Both listed as questionable. As for Case Keenum. He may be questionable, but we know he won't be starting because Jay Gruden is going to go down with his guy. That's how Mark Bullock from the Athletic DC told it to us this week on the SCO show, the most recent episode that dropped on Thursday. You can check that one out. You'll hear from Mark in a second. But he told me, told us, the gentle listeners to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, that if Jay Gruden is on the hot seat, that he might go down with his guy. And Colt McCoy is his guy. So that is who the New England Patriots will be seeing. This Sunday down at FedEx Field. Now the thing with Colt McCoy is, it doesn't matter who it is. Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy. Jay Gruden dials up some concepts. It's a matter of execution in the passing game for the Washington Redskins offense. You got a piece from me this week on Pat's Pulpit talking about the missed opportunities in the passing game for the Washington offense. You can check that piece out. You can see, look, they've got guys open, particularly Terry McLaurin, but even Trey Quinn, their slot receiver. QBs aren't hitting them right now for Washington. So, against this Patriots secondary, even a tougher test awaits Colt McCoy, Haskins, Keenum, Gruden if he wants to take some snaps. We'll see if the Washington office can finally execute it. Odds are that won't happen. Now, of course, the other news Patriots making a sign in at the kicker position. Mike Nugent, the veteran, longtime kicker, he is now your Patriots kicker. They also have Yun Ho Koo. AAF hero, trick shot kicker hero, he's now on the practice squad as well. So the Patriots not only acquire a kicker to take the place of Steven Gostowski, who is now on AR and will be having season ends in hip surgery, but they have a backup plan as well. That's what makes the Patriots a great franchise kids. They get a backup plan for their backup plan. They're like NASA. They get the freedom and the independence. It's a little Armageddon reference there for you. Let's talk some college ball before we get to what we did this week. This is a fantastic slate of games if you like the college game, if you like the scouting game. And it gets started early. If you like quarterback play, like me, get to a TV, turn on the SEC Network at noon Eastern. Why? You get Jordan Love and Utah State at LSU and Joe Burrow. Two of the quarterbacks that I wasn't that high on Burrow. I, I, I was intrigued by Burrow coming into this season. He's been pretty darn impressive so far. Taking on a guy that I really did like, Jordan Love. And if you believe Tony Palen... Pauline from Pro Football Network. Scouts are telling him apparently that, look, loves the first-round talent type of guy. So this is going to be a fun quarterback game to watch. So that's at noon on the SEC Network. But keep that thumb warmed up, kids, because you also get Now, that's Utah State at number five, LSU. You get another top 20 battle as well, kicking off at noon on Fox. That's number 14, Iowa, at number 19, Michigan. Two more interesting quarterbacks in that game Nate Stanley, who, let's face it, He's going to get that pro ready, pro style offense under center kind of guy tag as we get through the scouting season. As we get into senior ball week, I'm sure Burrow and Stanley are going to be down there, and maybe even Shea Patterson will join them. So you get two more interesting quarterbacks to watch. Big game, top ten teams kicks off at the three thirty hour on CBS. The old national game between Auburn at number ten Florida. That's number seven Auburn at number ten Florida. And look, you've got a ton of guys that you can watch in that game. If you go to Dane Brugler, who covers the draft in the NFL for The Athletic, he has you know what NFL scouts will be watching. It's a piece he puts out every Thursday. I highly recommend it. There's a ton of pro talent to watch in this game. You've got the left tackle for Auburn, Prince Tega Wohongo. He's a fantastic left tackle. Their right tackle, Jack Driscoll, also a solid prospect. Florida has a great edge, Debari Zunga. He's going to be a Great matchup to watch. Those guys, those two tackles going up against this guy off the edge for Florida. And Jonathan Greenard as well. Two edges, two tackles. Watch this game in the trenches. Get some good talent up there. You also get Derek Brown, a defensive tackle for Auburn, who's a very good player. There's some great players in this game. So if you like scouting the college game, watch Auburn, watch Florida. It's going to be a fun one to watch. At 7.30, the ABC National game, number 25, Michigan State at number 4, Ohio State. Look, Justin Fields has been great. I mean, we were wondering what he would look like stepping into that Ryan Day offense, and he's handled it extremely well. You also get J.K. Dobbins, the running back from Ohio State. Michigan State has a great linebacker, Joe Baki. He's a fantastic player as well. That's going to be a fun one to watch. At 8 on Fox, you get Cal at number 13 Oregon. Justin Herbert, still a lot of people on that train as well. It's a fun quarterback class. He's a great player to watch. And look, Pac-12 after dark, number 15, Washington at Stanford. Jacob Eason, maybe he's flying under the radar right now. Another one of these West Coast passers. Obviously, the transfer from Oregon had to sit out last year, but he's playing extremely well. So you know I like watching quarterbacks. I'm going to be keeping my eyes on all of these games, getting in and out. But that noon slot, more than anything else, where you got Utah State at LSU with those two quarterbacks and Iowa at Michigan, that's going to be a fun noontime slate. Not often you get a noontime slate that good, but – This is a pretty good one. So those are some college games to keep an eye out on, some players to keep an eye on. So if you're into the scouting game, like I am, keep an eye on these games. Up next, what the show is really about. That's everything we did. Just a taste of everything we did here at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network this week as episode four of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind continues.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: Mark Schofield back with you now on episode four of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And now we're going to get into some of what we did this week over at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Remember, you can catch all of these shows by subscribing to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network on your podcast provider. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. And the week for us kicked off with Pat Lane bringing you another instant reaction show in the wake of New England's 16-10 to victory over the Buffalo Bills at New Era Field. And in this clip, Pat makes his case for why J.C. Jackson, the Patriots defensive back, was indeed the player of the game.
2: That's just the way it goes, man. It's going to happen. So, um, But honestly, I, it's one of those things for me where I look at the defense And what they've done and the way they've played is just—it's unreal. And I think, uh, you know, J.C. Jackson here, player of the game, I think it kind of goes without saying. Um, You know, he had the block punt, which obviously was a turn for touchdown by Matthew Slater. He had two picks. He was phenomenal, uh, you know, covering the passer, uh, covering covering downfield and whatnot. He was great. So J.C. Jackson, player of the game there. And it's funny with with Jackson because— He's kind of that forgotten guy in the secondary. Jonathan Jones has been playing unbelievable. Jason McCordy's made a few nice plays. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore is Stephon Gilmore. And JC Jackson's kind of that guy who was forgotten about until today. Uh and so um and so, you know, that's that's really a good sign for them. I mean, you look at him and he's their fourth or fifth um corner, and this team is just incredibly
1: deep. In- Great insight there from Pat on the Instant Reaction show that comes out after every Patriots game. We'll be releasing a show as soon as we can, sometime late afternoon for 1 o'clock games, maybe early evening for the 4 o'clock games, probably a little bit later after that for the primetime games. But you can look for those again after each Patriots game. Up next, we had a glorious victory edition of the SCO Show. This was episode 21 of the SCO Show. And I opened things a little bit differently with a cold open, which you'll hear right now. How you doing, Patriots fans? How you feeling today? You feel a little tired? A little exhausted? Maybe a little bit drained? That's how I feel. Bill's week is in the rearview mirror, and I, for one, could not be happier. Bill's week is a bit of a grind here for your boy. For some strange reason, Mark Schofield, it's kind of big up in Buffalo. A lot of it stems from the fact that during the Josh Allen draft cycle, I was on air a lot, and now for some strange reason, they keep inviting me back. And so Bill's week is a bit of a grind for me. I can all imagine what it was for this offense of the New England Patriots. This game was a grind. This game was one of those knockdown, hard-fought, road divisional victories. And it's kind of the way that I thought this was going to play out. On every single Buffalo show that I was on, This week, I said, look, this is going to be a one-score game. The Bills will probably have the ball late in this game with a chance to go on and tie or even take the lead. I thought it was going to be a 27-20 type of game. It was a 16-10 final with New England coming out on top. I'm drained. You might be drained, too. But the show must go on, and today's show is episode 21 of the SCO Show, and it is, yes, another glorious victory edition of the SCO Show. On Tuesday, we had episode 159 of our flagship show, the Pat's Pulpit podcast. And in this episode, Alec Shane and Rich Hill dove into the action around the league, but also, of course, talked about the Patriots' win at New Era Field. And in this clip, Alec dives into the Patriots' defense and what makes them so great. And as you might expect... It's versatility.
0: No, it is. And it's funny. I think that the Belichick run defense has always kind of centered around strong, smart, quick, versatile linebackers. That it took him a while to get. He had a few misses, and Rashawn Crable was supposed to be that guy, and Tully Banta Kane, and it never quite came to, to a, a head with three to four just lights out linebackers. But I I, I can't think of better linebacker core than Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, and Jamie Collins. And I haven't mentioned Juwan Bentley or Lendon Roberts, who I think are our value adds as well. And those guys are just so versatile and quick that it really opens up the defensive playbook, uh, which allows Belichick to play the piano keys in there, which I thought <laughs> yeah. was a great I, – I, I'm, I'm loving the gifs and memes about that uh, today. And it's just really fun to watch. And it's nice to finally – I guess once again – remember those years, Rich, when every time the defense took the field, you just kind of like cringe a little bit and you're oh, yeah. a little worried? Um, that is no longer the case for me.
1: Great stuff from the guys there, Rich and Alec. And remember, you can get our flagship show, the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, twice a week by subscribing to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. On Wednesday, I was joined by Evan Lazar from CLNS Media to do some recap of the Buffalo game and handle a lot of listener questions during the quality time segment. Here's just a snippet of what Evan had to say. Next question comes from Hazifa Patel, and he wants to know, what's the best answer you've ever gotten from Bill Belichick?
3: So that's a good question. I would say that there's two answers that I can think of off the top of my head that were both really good. The first one was last year. I asked him about the advantages of a fullback and why the Patriots like to use a fullback, and he went into a spiel about how when you play when you don't have a fullback and you just have guys on the line of scrimmage as the as the designated blockers in order to build a surface that's maybe a three man surface or four man surface to the left or right of center you got to pull somebody across the ball and his point was just that with the fullback he's in the backfield and he can go either direction pretty easily and you have the ability to build those services a little bit quicker and from a little bit different angles so you're not trying to pull, like, a backside guard or bolt, pull the tight end or, you know, have him sift or right. something like that across the formation constantly, which is a, a little bit, you know, just a different look. But he did mention that, you know, you can get it done no matter what way you do it. You know, you can get it done with a tight end, you can get it, done with a fullback, but I always thought it was really interesting how he talked about building surfaces, you know, having right. three guys on one side of center versus two or three or four or whatever the numbers game might be. So I think that was a really cool answer that he gave. And uh and I'll probably go with that one. I mean I think he's given me a lot of really good answers over the you know the last year. I, I think that his and you ask him X's and O's, and you ask him about formations or scheme or whatever the case may be, even situational football things, he mm-hmm. gives a lot better answers than I think people expect because all the bad ones are the ones that always make you know the TV and stuff like that.
1: Thursday brought two more shows for you here at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Up first was the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Alec and Rich started to get into the Washington matchup. And in this clip, you'll hear them dive into the matchup between the Washington receivers and the versatile Patriots secondary.
0: And I did some research for this podcast, obviously, to talk about the game and the teams and the breakdowns, but there's nothing really memorable about this Washington offense or
4: defense. Yeah, this is not a great team. There's a stat that I just found as I was looking at their roster because I was like, it's their running back. I know that Darius Dice suffered an injury, so he was out. I knew Adrian Peterson was the backup, but uh, Washington does not have a single player with more than 100 rushing yards. Adrian Peterson leads the team with 90 rushing yards. This is an anemic rushing attack. They rely entirely on throwing the ball through the air. And they're fine at that. They have some options there. But if Case Keenum, who is banged up, we'll have to see what his availability is. Colt McCoy is returning from injury. We'll see what that is. Dwayne Haskins is a rookie. There are a lot of things up in the air for this Washington offense. And there's so many question marks. I'm looking at this and they're relying so much on on rookies and no-name players that I just don't foresee a way that Washington can win this. All right. So
0: we're talking about the Washington offense against the Patriots defense. What's your matchups? Who are you putting Stephon Gilmore on? What's your base formation? How are you attacking this, 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 I guess if they're relying on their rookies and their unknown guys, how are you stymieing that and what's your kind of Bill Belichick classic take away their first weapon guy you're going to take away?
4: I have no idea. I don't even know if Washington knows who their top players are. <laughs> um, you're looking at this, this roster and, The one player that I think has really shown a lot of ability is wide receiver Terry McLaurin. He is a rookie out of Ohio State. He is able to line up all over the field. He gets paired up with Paul Richardson, former Seahawks receiver, and then Trey Quinn in the slot. That is generally how they field their receivers. They have Vernon Davis out on the field for about 75% of the snaps, and then they have running back Chris Thompson, who is more of a receiver, honestly. Chris Thompson comes out of backfield backfields playing roughly half their snaps. He has 250 receiving yards and only 46 rushing yards as a mm-hmm. running back. So when he's out there, they're going to try and throw him the ball. So if I'm the Patriots, I'm looking at this sort of – uh, lineup that Washington trots out there. You can say, okay, Patrick Chung, you get to cover Vernon Davis. That's standard. Davis is one of the more athletic with tight ends that you'll see in the league. Uh, I mean, he's just an incredible athlete, but Patrick Chung should be tasked with covering him. Uh, when it comes to Chris Thompson out of the backfield, you should always wonder and watch out if Washington is going to throw him that swing pass. So, you should have Jamie Collins on him in coverage or Kyle Van Noy on the other side chipping him away before passing him off to uh, another defender like Deron Harmon or Devin McCordy. You have to always make sure that Thompson is covered because he leads the team in targets. He leads the lead in receptions. So he is a big threat. When it comes to the wide receivers, I would put Stephon Gilmore on Paul Richardson because Richardson's that bigger outside guy. That is where Gilmore can just lock him down. I would feel comfortable putting him on an island. If McLaurin can play, because he has been dealing with an injury, he's been limited. If he can play, that is someone that I would put put Jonathan Jones on in uh, in coverage just because of his ability to make those big plays down the field. He does that pretty regularly, 16 yards per catch. He is a phenom out there, so I would put Jonathan Jones with maybe some safety help over the top. And then when it comes to Trey Quinn, another young guy in the slot, I would feel comfortable putting Jason McCourty on him, just because I think that the Patriots like doing their matchup coverage games, and that gives someone for each defensive back to utilize their skill set against.
1: Then I was joined by Mark Bullock, who covers the Washington Redskins for the Athletic DC, and I asked him what he would do if he was Washington defensive coordinator Greg Minuski trying to defend Tom Brady in this Patriots offense. In Mark, in, in all of these struggles with the defense, what probably makes things harder, at least sit here on Wednesday, is the fact that the New England Patriots, you know, come to town this weekend. So I know Greg Minuski has gotten a lot of stick. You know, people are starting to wonder about how hot the seat isn't for him. But put yourself in his shoes. How do you try, given what the Redskins have right now? How do you try defending Tom Brady and the New England Patriots?
5: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a tough one because. Whatever they've tried right now hasn't worked. Um, The the best example I can give was uh, the 3rd and 17 you mentioned earlier. They had against the Giants, 3rd and 17, they played a basic quarters coverage. And uh, they had Fabian Moreau uh, was the only guy not on the same page, and he played man, and that uh, left the flat wide open, and the Giants converted. Well, they got a swing pass to the running back for 15 yards. Um, So then it set up a 4th and 2, and the next play, the Redskins went cover zero. They're like, okay, we can't play zone. We'll play pure man. Cover zero, we'll blitz. Uh, and then Moreau got beat on a quick out by Sterling Shepard. So they gave up the first down anyway. So, you know, you can't play man. You can't play zone. Uh, Monusky tries to play pattern matching stuff. That hasn't worked out either. Um, I, I would guess the best option he, he'll go for is try and blitz as much as possible and, and hope that you can get home before anyone gets open. That It, it seems kind of a... Silly idea, but it it, it might just be the only thing that will work for them right now.
1: Then on Friday, Ryan Spagnoli and Pat Lane released Patriot Nation episode 45. In this installment, Michael Hurley from WBZ came on and joined the guys to talk about Josh Gordon, Sonny Michelle, Stephen Gostowski, and much more. And in this clip, they get into the Patriots offense and what Michael expects to see Sunday down in Washington.
6: Yeah, I mean, he is an absolute beast, and that Pittsburgh game was the ultimate showing of it. When he took that ball over the middle, knew he was going to get popped, still hung on and just popped right up. I mean, that is a pretty special talent, and I think, I don't know exactly what it is. I think last week, for whatever reason, the game plan seemed to be uh, feeding Philip Dorsett, which didn't work. Yeah, uh, maybe if if maybe if they came out throwing a Gordon instead of Dorsett, they might have found more success for everybody. I don't know. Maybe wasn't the best game plan in retrospect, but that's what they went with. Uh, one thing with Gordon, though, I was looking at this the other day. So last year, my stats might be off a little, but I believe he averaged 18.5 yards per reception and something like 10.5 yards per target, uh, which were both, you know, obviously Damn. extraordinarily high for a player in this offense. This year, it's down to something like 14 yards per reception, and, like, uh, it was lower than the 10.5 per target. I mean, it's yeah, just, so like the 8 or 9 or something yeah he has i don't know I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah uh so there's no doubt that that explosiveness that the that the the, the big plays aren't there, so I don't know if it, what what that is I mean the entire offense didn't look great against the jets, like I said, and Buffalo was a huge challenge. I really think this week, if there's problems in Washington, then we can have a lot of conversations about a lot of things but until until that happens, I'm still of the belief that they'll go to Washington and beat up on the leaks second-worst defense in terms of points scored and 28th in terms of yards. Th- this is a, an offense, and, and I put this in the story today. They made uh, Mitchell Trubisky look like an MVP candidate. <laughs> they, they allowed him to throw something like 86% passing for 250 yards, three touchdowns at a pick, which was entirely Trubisky's fault. He should have right. had four touchdowns and no picks. He underthrew an end zone fade. So, honestly, this team in Washington stinks so bad. And I think it's going to change a lot of narratives, storylines, whatever you want to call it, Uh, next week. And we'll say, okay, they can still do what they can and they have something to work with.
1: And there you have it, friends. Just a taste of everything we put together for you this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Reminder, you can subscribe to all these shows and get access to all these shows by simply subscribing to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast don't forget you can follow all the talent behind these shows for example you can follow rich and alec on twitter behind the pat's pulpit podcast you can follow rich at pp underscore rich underscore hill alec is on twitter at alec a-l-e-c-d-s-h-a-n-e you can follow pat and ryan from the patriot nation podcast pat is on twitter at p-l-a-n-e underscore pat's And Ryan is on Twitter at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, underscore Spags, S-P-A-G-S. And you can follow me if you want as well, at Mark Schofield on Twitter. That will do it for the Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind Episode 4. Next time you hear from us, it will be the instant reaction show sometime after the Patriots take on the Washington Redskins on Sunday. Until then, folks, please remember, for the Patriots players, for the Patriots coaches, and for the Patriots podcasts here on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, there are no days off you